sleuths and welcome to another episode of real true facts my name is betty crocker and i am nicholas cannon not that one not that one hi nicholas (sighs) hello good afternoon good evening good morning depending on uh what part of the world we're all in and uh i'm excited this week we have another interesting topic that i am not all too familiar with myself yes i don't know anything about this topic uh other than what you can kind of infer. Uh, last week, we teased the idea of talking about the sexy world of biomes, about secret biomes. Uh, if you don't know, a uh, biome is, uh, and this is the uh, proper definition here, uh, biome is a community of plants and animals that have common characteristics of the environment they're in, but it's not necessarily um a single environment it could be like a a shared environment so and like our our body for instance is a human microbiome which uh houses like bacteria viruses things that are present on the human body so that is the only thing i know about today but we uh we had a question last week from hayden m he wanted to know uh if there were biomes where extinct creatures might still thrive like could there still be dinosaurs out in the world Right. And I mean, for all we know, uh, some of the previous topics we've discussed, like lizard people, maybe they have their own biomes and uh, maybe uh, the, the, the lock where the uh, Loch Ness Monster resides is its own biome as well. So I'm hoping to get maybe a little more clarification with uh, uh, not only this week's guest, but with our very own Dr. Seymour. Yes, Dr. Seymour is back with us this week, and we do have a very special guest joining us later in the show to talk all about his experience uh, traveling the world and encountering these uh, secret biomes as well. They People like that actually exist, and we have one today on the show. Uh, before we get into all that and welcome Dr. Seymour and our, our guest back with us today, I'd like to check in with some news because, um, Nicholas, you sent me an article a few days ago uh, on the tail end of World UFO Day. Yes, uh, we kind of uh, were in between broadcasts for World UFO Day, and um, although it's it's a story that just doesn't doesn't quit. No, it doesn't. Uh, I believe the article was a video as well, and it sparked a lot of interest from uh, UFO enthusiasts. And Congress it was just more released uh, video proof of UFOs. And uh, we, we did speak to um, a director of UFO Affairs, I believe it was, it was our, our agent here. Uh, so we know that this work is going on, but according to the article, Congress is interested in it. They want to see what the Pentagon and the nation's intelligence agencies know about UFOs. And they say it's not because of extraterrestrials, but they want to know if these things might represent advanced technologies and threats from uh, f- enemies from our, our adversaries, the article said. So, uh, of course, they're going to say it's not extraterrestrials, that they're not interested in that, but we know better. Yeah, they have. It seems like every time we cover one of these stories, they have to put out that disclaimer to uh, calm the masses, so to speak, and make sure that no one uh, freaks out or does anything drastic or plans another uh, raid on area 51 or similar. Um, but, uh, you know, there's so many of these warnings that I have a hard time buying into them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I do too, because why would they say that it's not extraterrestrials? That just makes us think it is. It's like, don't draw attention to it. Don't put it in there. Just say, oh, we think this is a threat from Russia or whoever. And then we're like, oh, okay. But don't say, well, this could be advanced technologies. It's a UFO, but it's not extraterrestrial. It's something else. It's like, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's very insulting to assume that uh, that we wouldn't think that. Yeah, they're playing a shell game every single time, and uh, uh, it seems that they're they're losing. That we're always able to find the the bean under the shell or the uh, um, the queen in uh, the three card Monty. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's uh, it's pretty obvious that we're dealing with more than just uh, some Russian or Chinese uh, flying objects or technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, did you happen to watch the video? 
I did not happen to watch the video or read the words mm-hmm. uh, per se, uh, but I was aware of the article's existence and yes. of the article uh, having a headline. I may not have made it through the entire um, headline of the article, mm-hmm. but uh, it seemed interesting. So that's why I had to uh, you know, make sure you were aware of it, Betty. Yeah, and you are right on track with thinking that it is interesting because it definitely is. And uh, while I did not watch the video myself, I looked at a GIF of it, and it's right on brand. It's right on brand with the uh, footage that we've seen of UFOs so far. It's consistent with the quality of footage caught of it. And so in my mind, it's obviously incredibly legit because it looks like everything else we've seen. Right. It's just uh, it's more proof. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's right out there from uh, credible news sources. I believe this one was from uh, ABC it was. News, correct? ABC so that's, News. Right. I don't know how much more credible we can get uh, than that's that. It. That's the, yeah, that's the number one news source since really the dawn of news. News. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say the same thing. I mean, yeah. when I think of news, I think of ABC News. Yes. ABC. Um, and uh uh, Unsolved Mysteries is back on the air too and so I think that is very um, intentional timing that there are uh, more publications and more broadcasts about these things and more footage being released so obviously we'll continue to monitor this in a very long ongoing process of uh, our UFO files and uh, a happy belated UFO day to you Yes. Uh, well, to me, thank you. And then yeah, yes, to all you. of our, yeah, to oh, all well, of thank them. you. And to all of our listeners out there as well. Happy uh, um, UFO day. Happy UFO day. So like we said earlier, today's show is all about secret biomes. Uh, we've got Dr. Seymour back with us today. Let's bring him up from the science bunker. Hello, Dr. Seymour. Are you excited about today's subject? I am. It's a very exciting Um world to explore it's great to be here for it so first of all i mean i have to ask i bet uh, betty had uh, a definition of a biome for us at the at the top of the show but i have to ask maybe from your scientific uh, perspective what do you consider a biome to be um a biome we generally will will say is any significant environment that can sustain both plants and animals. We, we do extend that definition to larger scales and smaller scales, but traditionally it's just anywhere um, where a whole bunch of stuff can live. So it really is accurate to say the human body is its own biome uh, and that scales up to, um, uh, would the planet Earth be a biome as well? It, it would be one big biome, and then we could choose to subdivide it as as much as we want for um, whatever agenda we're trying to uh, put forward there. Interesting. So as far as secret biomes go, because that was the focus of the question, because we know these places exist. Obviously, our entire world can be broken up into different biomes, but um, secret biomes. So... When we're looking at things like dinosaurs. We know they existed at one point. They became extinct due to natural disasters, changes in our atmosphere, things like that. The question was, could there be biomes on our planet still where these things still exist? What would define uh, a biome as a secret biome, in, in your opinion, Doctor? Well, we have, um, we kind of, we can use for, for the sake of the listener kind of biome and habitat, I think um, somewhat interchangeably as we, as we introduce the topic, although they, they don't mean exactly the same thing, but like we've got deserts and we have grasslands and we have um, the tundra or a rainforest. A, a secret biome would be one that we just, as we, as we take our broad look and broad brush of the earth that, that you don't see. And the reason you're not going to see that isn't just like, oh, it's a thick forest cover because that's a forest. Um, probably we're talking about underground um, in almost every circumstance here. Mm. 
Underground. So, so in, the, in the sense that, because we, we mentioned last week, the TV show Land of the Lost. Mm-hmm. In that show, there was an earthquake and the family's station wagon fell down into the land of the lost which was just sort of like an open fault i guess and they found this whole other world i I guess i don't know if it was a portal or something but it ended up being this lost land um are are we looking at something like that that's underground or is it more of an underdeveloped sort of thing um underground seems most likely um with we're we're all familiar with the idea of you know continental drift and Pangea and the, the movement of the tectonic plates. So so it's during all of those movements, it doesn't just um, there. There's a very likely chance that a small or significant um, opening can happen there, and in that, it's not just like a little water slips down and in, into the core of the earth and cools it down or something way more can can fall into one of those openings. Um, and that would be, at least from, from my experience, from my research um, as a biologist, as an astronomer, um, as a climatologist, those would be the most likely um, <clears throat> places that we, or causes that we'd see for a secret biome. So what's interesting about this is uh, um, from what I've been told, the Earth is a a very large place, a lot of surface area. And now we're taking all of this unexplored surface area and adding to that depth. So now we're going into a a second dimension, you know, from an X axis, now a Y axis. So does that mean we have even more? unexplored terrain, not just the the flat surface of the earth, but now we have the depth of the earth. And so uh, that's just a a high percentage of area that we haven't even looked at yet. Yes, I I think so. A lot of people will say that space maybe is the final frontier. We've all heard that. Or people talk about how deep just the ocean itself is. and, And there certainly is a lot to explore there. But just the layer beneath what we can see, um, there's there's a lot uh, of reason to believe that areas under the earth have opened up just as recently as it's been a story many of us have heard since our childhood that an asteroid wiped out the dinosaurs. And then um, they talk about every ne- in the scientific community, we all, we always want some proof, but it was, it was very recently as recently as uh, June of, of this year, where it was finally confirmed that that giant city-sized asteroid caused the catastrophic um, weather events and volcanic events that did um, extinct the dinosaurs. But to think that uh, an asteroid the size of a city is going to hit and it's not going to sink the ground down and take some stuff with it that might find that to be a, a kind of good place to hide while... Oh, hell's breaking loose above you. That's that's silly to think that some dinosaurs aren't going to seek cover down there. Okay, so we have an opportunity here. What what you are implying is that um, when the asteroid hit, maybe the dinosaurs went down with it. Like it, it created a separate biome or separate environment for them to live in. And then that's where they were able to thrive. And then the ones that didn't descend down with the asteroid, the ones that stayed on the Earth's surface, those are the ones that died out. Yes, that that seems most likely because once again, Land of the Lost tells that story, but it, it's not a one-off. That, that story of dinosaurs um, below the surface of the Earth keeps coming up through the the canon. And yes, obviously, we, that's where we find the bones. But if it just keeps coming up that there's living dinosaurs there, that has to be. It, it's much more probable that from an actual um, experience. But obviously, that would not allow all dinosaurs to survive. We're talking about small, unique events. And perhaps one or a few of them allowed dinosaurs to uh, kind of create their own niche biome under the earth. So we're not talking like a T-Rex living down there. We're, we're talking about smaller, maybe bird-like dinosaurs or even, I mean, I, I think about it in terms of years ago, I, I think it was maybe the early 2000s, um, maybe even the late 90s, 
that uh, the there was a woolly mammoth found underneath the ice, and it was completely uh, intact. There was still fur on it, and so if we have this different level of preservation, you know, we know that they're not completely gone. We know that that DNA still exists, and so um, I think it's very interesting and, and very plausible what you're saying uh, about them being able to live underground. Yeah, and it, it would be very hard to believe that that a large apex predator, just like you said, like like a T Rex, can survive. Like maybe a T Rex found its way down there looking for a, for a snack after the, uh, the asteroid, but to to say that they that that sort of thing would still be living there. But some of the smaller dinosaurs, even some of the smaller predators, um, could likely um, survive in these because it wasn't a one-time situation where there one. Um, asteroid has hit the Earth. Uh, it, it happens quite regularly. As recently as um, 2013, there was a giant 20-meter, uh, um, 60 feet, their um, asteroid hit hit the Earth, um, and that's a giant explosion. It's 30 times more than an atomic bomb. That's going to make a hole. That's going to dig you down deep. So if that's happened not just in our lifetimes, but in this decade, it's been happening for millions of years. Mm. Wow, I, uh, I you know, I'm, I'm blown away by that. I, you know, you think like life is just on the surface. We know that there's life in the ocean, and that so much of the ocean has not been explored yet. And there's things that we don't know. But it, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around the fact that um, below the surface there might be just as much life happening as there there is on, on the top. And I yeah. think that's one thing we learned from some of our previous episodes with, uh, you know, lizard people and even uh, Bigfoot, uh, that there are a lot of things going on in um, not only in faraway places, but almost our own backyards that we didn't even know were possible. Yeah, and I, I think ultimately that's what this show is here to do. Like we always say, we are providing a service, but, uh, you know, sometimes we're learning these things just as much as uh, in real time as the listener is. So um, I, I think this might be a good place to take a quick break and we'll come back with Dr. Seymour, but we'll also be able to introduce our special guest today and talk more about secret biomes. back from a break on Real True Facts, talking today about secret biomes. Um, Dr. Seymour is with us still today. He might have to uh, get back down in the science bunker, but he'll hang on with us for as long as he can. Uh, today we are talking to uh, a very special person to shed more light on these secret biomes and kind of give us a better understanding about uh, where we are and where we might be going. Please help us welcome our guest today. He is an explorer and travel expert, Dr. Bobby Knife. I, I thank you. I uh, I should correct you real quick. It's not doctor. Um, somebody, someone put that on my LinkedIn. I've been meaning to correct it. I do work at the college a lot, uh, mostly as a volunteer, and I work a lot for my dad. And I'm working on finishing my degree, but I have done a lot of exploring. And uh, uh, I had an app that told you where like the best Argo tea in your city was. But anyway, I'm happy to be here. I'm a big fan of the. Yeah, fan of- yeah. Thank you, wow, thank you so much for joining. Imp- us. Yeah, that's an impressive resume in itself. I don't think, yeah, uh, no embellishment needed. So thank yeah. you for coming on. Yeah, thank no, you. Wish not anyone can come up with an app like that. I'm working to get it to switch over uh, to for Caribou Coffee. I think that's uh, that's. I shouldn't talk about that. That's in the works. But anyway, happy sure, to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah thank you. Um, so. As we know, but our, our listeners don't know, you are a, uh, a world explorer and travel expert. Obviously, your uh, app about various uh, places to get coffee, places to eat, you know, you're, you're a man about, ta- about town, but also uh, you know a ton about secret biomes. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of funny. It was kind of accidental the way it all. Uh, my dad, as I told you in the, uh, you know, uh, before before we uh, started recording, my dad owns all the uh, the KFCs in Indiana. 
uh, not South Bend, but all the other KFCs, and he owns a Chili's. So I do a lot of work for him, just going to check on the KFCs. Uh, and it happened that he's trying to open this. Uh, he's trying to open this. This uh, trying to see if they want to do a Chili's in Athens, Greece, of all places, if you can believe that. So wow. he sends me out to Athens, Greece, to see if it could be a good place. You know, see if they uh, see if they need a Chili's is what he how he put it to me. So. I get out there. Uh, it took me, I don't know, maybe, I don't know how, how long it took me to get from the, the airport to the hotel and the cab to figure out, no, the, they don't need a Chili's here, but I was going to have a good time because my dad's paying for it. You know, I uh, rent this car, find this little lake, park the car there by the lake. Uh, lo and behold, uh, it's like a portal or something for, uh, you've heard of, you know, Atlantis? Yeah, so, the, the, lost, the uh, lost city of. Lo and behold, the mayor, the mayor comes up and he's like, this is literally the only way we have out. Uh, once a year, we're like, able to get out of the city and blah, blah, blah. Can you move your car? Uh, so I did. And he took me down. And uh, I guess it just kind of led from there. The more work I did with my dad, I kind of started looking for those opportunities. And uh, as you know, it, it's led me to some uh, really amazing places. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've heard of all the of fast food, American fast food, really taking over the world um, in places that you know. The, uh, I think there's a, a KFC or similar near the Great Pyramids, mm -hmm. um, and it, so it, I can. It's interesting how American fast food can pose such a, a great outlet for finding uh, interesting places all over the world. So, you know, it sounds like Atlanta's kind of got you started with this whole thing. And, um, you know, and um, so that's one, you know, one of these secret biomes. Um, and, but we've kind of talked about uh, just, just previously, we were talking about dinosaurs. Um, what's the closest thing you've come to a, a secret biome or a conclave or uh, area that may have had uh prehistoric animals uh well you may not know this uh but there are still a few dinosaurs that exist today here uh in in 2020 um and the thing about that is the part of the reason why we don't find them is because they move so uh oh just like okay just like any like uh birds they migrate right okay that makes perfect sense right exactly um there are only a few uh a few of these biomes that are really uh uh, habit habitable for them if, is that the right word uh sure uh, sustainable or, yeah, yeah, or, or, right yeah. and that, that kind of changes with the seasons so they find that they have to move um and like i said you know i don't often set out intentionally to explore it's usually kind of like my dad will be like hey uh why don't you go to north carolina and see if they want to open a buffalo wild wings and uh along the way you know that's how i found uh it's like, I, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's kind of like a, a hedgehog mixed with like a, I don't know, like a gopher. Uh, hedgehog mixed with a gopher. Okay. Yeah. That was just yeah. one, one experience. But, uh, you know, like I said, I don't always set out to, to, to find these things, but um, I have found dinosaur dung uh, on a few occasions. Sure, I, I believe that's uh, co copper light or something like that. Uh, Doctor Seymour, are you still with us? Oh, he may be. He may be. Uh, Doctor Seymour, are you still with us? Yes, I'm. I'm right here. Sorry, my mic got a little tied up. Yes. Uh, dinosaur droppings are copper light. Is that correct? Copper light would be uh, fossilized dinosaur droppings, and, and that's a really interesting kind of kind of big point here if we're finding fossilized um droppings that's that's exciting and that tells us a lot about how they lived millions of years ago but if we're talking about something fresher and not fully fossilized yet that definitely gives us a different look at at what may still be either alive um, now or alive more recently i see yeah so uh only fossilized dinosaur droppings would be copper light and uh so in this case uh mr bobby knife you're actually encountering something much more uh fresh in a yeah. sense and i guess i've found both because I, I found the fossilized uh before which was which is uh more common but yeah the fresh is really uh that's that's what kind of gets the blood going you know so we have yeah. confirmation here from you that uh there are I guess dinosaurs living amongst these uh, biomes that you've traveled to. 
Uh, yeah, like I said, um, I, I haven't seen seed one in, in, you know, I, I yet, uh, I have seen a lot of dung. I've seen a lot of eggs, um, uh, seen, you know, other, other signs of, uh, of, uh, of, of habitation, that, that that sort of thing, but I haven't. I've, I've yet to see one in in person, eye to eye. Again, I have seen a lot of dung. I, right. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your time at the college uh, that you were telling us about. Uh, I know because we we messed up here and and we called you a doctor in the beginning, well, and, uh, and that's my fault. It's the link. It's on my LinkedIn still, and I need to fix it. So I don't want you to feel. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know that you are um, seeking that higher education. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, about maybe what you're doing on a collegiate level and perhaps how that um, filters into either the apps you're developing? And I, I know you mentioned uh, earlier that you are working uh, on a book as well. Anything you can tell us about that? Uh, only a little bit. The, the book is going to kind of touch on on all the places that I've stumbled upon and kind of the... Uh, some of the some of the great uh, great uh, great mysteries that that await us to be found out there. I will say that the book uh, does spend a lot of time talking about my time with the Mer people of Atlantis, which was really a formative uh, experience for me. Um, Where are your travels to, taking you next? Um, really, I'm currently focused on North Dakota. Um, it's you know the. The dung, the dung bug has me, I guess you could say, or, or dinosaur fever, but whatever it is, I've, uh, my, my dad sent me up there trying to see if they, uh, if they needed, um, an Applebee's and I'm like, while I'm here, I might as well see Mount Rushmore. So I rented a car, drove around, turns out this was ages ago. This was before you could just look it up on your phone. Mount Rushmore, South Dakota. So I'm in the Badlands. Mm driving around and uh i had to stop and use the bathroom and in in the john of this uh this gas station where i stopped I lift the seat up sit down uh it's like a land of the law situation i I've come in and the next thing i know i'm in like the cavern uh and that's where i where i saw the first uh the first sample of uh of the dinosaur dung so since then i've just been kind of going back and back to North Dakota as much as I can, um, starting to accumulate or uh, assemble a little bit of a team. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the biggest iron that I've got in the fire right now. That's fascinating. Uh, you talk a lot about, uh, especially in Greece, the portals. Um, so are these, these, so these secret biomes really are a secret. You kind of have to know where you're going, but, but maybe it finds you because it sounds like you're, you're stumbling upon these things. So can you talk a little bit more about your experience with the portals? I don't know what it is. Like in, I, in, in, in literally I couldn't hit to save my life, but I am, I can do this, you know? So I don't know if like, this is just my gift or if I just have, if it's something, uh, inane within me or if I'm just in tune with something, but, um, <laughs> You know, it's funny. The, the portals, they pop up in the oddest places. Like I said, in, in Athens, uh, found this little lake, stopped to just, uh, you know, sit back and then enjoy the scenery for a little bit. Next thing I know, the mayor's in my car. He's like, hey, man, uh, and this is maybe to speak to your point or to answer your question. Uh, he, he said, listen, this is the first time this has happened in like 45 years, but we need you to move your car. Uh, people don't normally happen upon us but uh yeah um so yeah the portals just kind of pop up like i said there was the uh the bathroom at the gas station um i've been to the everglades which is there's there's a lot of interesting things down to the everglades and uh oddly enough this was at a portal potty so another bathroom situation but uh kind of found this was um i wouldn't say the center of the earth but like maybe three quarters in so let's take a step back here. Uh, yeah, sure. How long were you in uh, Atlantis? Uh, how long did you find? So was it a few hours, a few days? Because it sounds like you, you're kind of dropped in, uh, you know, a stranger in a strange land. And, uh, you know, the mayor was right on your case. So you had to act quickly. Um, um, did you have any time to take in, you know, your, the, the sites? Or was this just a very quick visit? 
Well, here's the thing. Like the mayor, like I said, he's the first, my first impression is like, this guy is a dick. He's having sure. me move my car. Like I, I've been in Greece for like 72 hours, jet lag, blah, blah, blah. But then he, uh, I moved my car and he's like, you know what? Follow me. And he, he took me down. Um, which was amazing. Uh, and then I spent probably, I guess about a week there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. They've got a lot for being so inaccessible to tourism. They have a lot to do, which is, um, kind of fun. It's kind of like, uh, if Daytona beach never really, uh, went to crap, you know, like it's, they got a boardwalk. They've got a, a, a couple of really nice arcades. They've got a, a movie theater that will show one movie. Uh, and six months out of the year, they show Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And then mm. uh, the other six months, they show It's a Wonderful Life. So it's just charming. Um, sure. And Very Jimmy Stewart. Ah, yeah. 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 You, can, yeah. you can gamble, which I guess is a little off brand as far as Jimmy Stewart goes, but the Murr people are really lovely too. And they super uh, into it. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they live a really long time. So, you know, like I said, it had been 45 years since their last visitor, but they had all, they all remembered it. So they're, they're just really warm and, uh, and they're very welcoming and happy to have, uh, to have people amongst them. And, and was the like breathing underwater thing an issue or is that a myth? Is, are they not really underwater completely? Uh, they are underwater. Uh, they have developed some technology, which as, like I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't fully understand, but uh, the hotel basically has your room set up to where it's like a room on earth. Uh, they've taken all the water out and pumped oxygen in. So you can sleep in the hotel and, you know, live in the hotel uh, like it's nothing. And then they just have a, a little apparatus, uh, that you can stick either in your nostrils and or your uh, into your mouth to to help you breathe while you're underwater out and about. And then a lot of the other places are kind of equipped, like the hotel too, is where, where you know um, set up for tourists. Which again, I found ironic, but yeah, it, it is a little bit because it is a secret biome that this is a, a secret place. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we know about it oh. through stories. Uh, did you find that? the the people there were receptive of your visit or you know were they just like what are you doing here it was really maybe the oldest 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 of the group that were very uh they were the last to warm up to me is maybe the nicest way to put it um but really like i said the rest were just happy and, and and warm and it's it's so ironic it's a tourist based economy so a lot of them uh that de- depends on 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 the tourism for uh, for their work. So, you know, with that in mind, there were a lot of people that I think were just happy to see me for that reason. Uh, oh, but they, sure. I, I found them to be uh, generally very warm people, and uh, you know, very easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And you were there for about a week. Is that correct? Yeah, about a week. I got a haircut there. Oh. Oddly enough, which. Um, I wouldn't say it was the worst haircut of my life, but but maybe not the best. I'm guessing. Yeah, but it was the worst haircut of my like. I wouldn't. Oh. I wouldn't say that to them. Maybe, but it was. Yeah. yeah, it was a bad. And I think that's just the styles of today and of uh, you know life above the surface of the water. I haven't really, um, haven't really made it all the way down. Like mm-hmm. you know, as we said, it's a it's a secret biome, so you would expect that, but. Down there, they have a lot of, uh, there's water everywhere, you know, so there's a lot of flow to whatever style you're trying to do. And I don't, I just don't have the hair for that. So, yeah. Um, but no, I loved Elena. So it was a, it was a great experience. And like I said, it kind of lit a fire for me to, to look for more of these places. So um, sure. I've, I've tried to go back, can't find, <laughs> can't find the port again, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and Greece is a little, it's tough to travel to Greece, especially nowadays, but. Yeah, love Atlantis. That was a, was a really great experience. Wow. So, yeah, I, I feel like, um, yeah, we're just uh, beginning to uh, touch the surface of some of your, uh, you know, your adventures. You're almost like a real life um, Indiana Jones. So uh, maybe, uh, you know, we'll take a, a quick break. And when we come back and delve into some of these more interesting adventures. Sure. Yeah. How does that sound, buddy? Sounds great. We'll be right back. 
back on Real True Facts, talking today about secret biomes. And uh, and our our very interesting guest today, uh, Dr. Seymour, is back with us after a short break. Um, I just want to get your thoughts, Dr. Seymour, about uh, Bobby Knife's experiences as an explorer. I I think some amazing insight came out there when when we were initially speaking, Betty and Nicholas, we were talking about, you know, the potential for maybe a dinosaur or an animal species, but but small ones and, you know, how long would they last and all that. To think that for an entire civilization is, uh, is living and is thriving and is adapting over time and able to choose kind of when and how they're interacting with the surface just shows how much uh, richness there could be to any of these biomes, how unique each one could be, how similar and how different it could be. So it's amazing to have one person who said that really in-depth experience, but it sounds like he's he's got the, um, he's been able to find more and I can't can't wait to hear about those as well. Yeah, because we were talking all about dinosaurs. We were thinking, oh, these tiny little dinosaurs exist. Maybe this is super primitive. And here we are. We have someone now who is saying, hey, remember Atlantis, the biggest one of all? I've been there. They're cool. They have this whole, you know, culture and life going on just right uh, right below us. Um, he did speak about portals. That That is something that... Uh, has been present in, in each of these biomes. I'll ask you, Dr. Seymour, because we, we see, I guess, black holes. We see things like that uh, in our universe. What are, what are the odds of there actually being something like this, like a portal on Earth? Um, I, I thought the odds were long. Um, we, we had talked about it kind of theoretically, and as you said, maybe a black hole, something in outer space. But wow, the, the, um, the experiences here are showing us that um, what what we've always imagined to be science fiction or, or kind of something far off, maybe much closer to where we are, and, and are obviously like connected to kind of the the world and the society that we live in. Yeah, I, I, it's one more case of um, you know these interesting truths uh, or, or facts living right under our noses, and we kind of we speculate about them and say they may be far off in outer space, but in fact they're right here in uh, you know in our veritable backyards. Yeah. Well, that being said, uh, help us welcome Bobby Knife back from our break. Bobby, welcome back. Thank you. Um, I, need, I stayed seated where I was, so I'd, it's good to be back. Perfect, perfect. We're glad you're still with us. So we wanted to talk a little further about a few other places that you've been. Uh, we know we've spoken pretty in-depth about, no pun intended, about uh, Atlantis. But uh, you mentioned that you also went to the Everglades as well and, and encountered a secret biome there. Can you tell us more about that experience? Yeah, well, my, my dad uh, sent me down to uh, Fort Lauderdale just to see that opening in PF Chang's. Uh, lo and behold, they already had a, they already have a PF Chang's down there. But uh, yeah, uh, I had some time, and I went on a, you know, a, you know those fan boats, where it's got the little motor on the, the little yeah. fan motor on the back of the boat. And I went on a tour on one of those, and uh, at some point, the the boat driver um, had to get a he had to get off and use the bathroom and he was gone for like way longer than i had anticipated so uh i got off to try to use the bathroom too and uh i saw a tree stump i said this would be a good place i'll pee in it stuck my foot in just to make sure there were no uh you know no critters or anything and as i did i just realized how deep it was and i i lowered myself in um and it's another like kind of mer people situation there's a lot it's not completely underwater down there it's kind of um it's it's, it's right below the surface but there's you know the, the florida is so uh low-lying it to begin with it lows i think lies right at sea level so there's just a lot of water uh and they kind of uh they kind of make their lives in between that space with you know in the in the little air pocket below the surface and then the water beneath um and honestly, that was not a good experience. That was terrifying because I, uh, I had no intention of going there. And then when I got down there, they were not friendly at all. They, uh, they really had no use for me. And it took me probably an hour and a half to find uh, the tree stump again to get back out above the surface. And at that point, the boat had gone. And 
Um, my cell phone only had one bar, so that was that. That was an ordeal. That almost threw me off of the whole track of exploring. Uh, like I said, that dung dung bug that 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 dinosaur yeah, fever yeah. kicks in, and then uh, you know that the Everglades truly were not a great experience for me, but. Um, I also feel like I learned a lot too. So, you know, it's, and that's one thing I think about all, all, if anyone out there listening is, is thinking about becoming an explorer, you got to first realize that you don't become an explorer necessarily just by seeking out to, to, to explore uh, more. So you just kind of find the places as you go along and they, they kind of come to you. Um, but also, you know, there's just a, uh, and even in the worst experience, there's going to be something that you can take away and learn for the next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, even if that lesson is just don't go back there. Yeah, or some of them. Yeah, some of them just don't. Maybe use the bathroom there next time. Find a different place or go. A lot of times, the lesson is to go uh, before before you leave for the tour or for the uh, you know whatever it is. Yeah. It seems like you fall into a lot of these locations, both figuratively and literally. Are then are there any that you're actively seeking out, or that uh, are on uh, maybe your wish list? Uh, well, like I said, North Dakota is kind of the big uh, big carrot in front of me right now. I've been going back there trying to. I, I've kind of ruled out um, winter, spring, fall in terms of. Uh, dinosaur season there i know at some point in the summer but i just can't pinpoint it i find that i'm always a day or two behind uh so I, i've been back there a lot and then um my dad is actually trying to uh to open up a captain d's in mm. bristol bristol england so while i'm out there uh checking that out i'm gonna go up to stonehenge and um from what i hear there's there's some potential for some activity there so that's uh that's probably the next trip besides north dakota uh on the docket that i'm excited about yeah what do you uh, expect to find in stonehenge because that's a very mystical place there's there's a lot of magic there um it could be rife with portals who knows yeah i don't know when i was in atlantis the mayor uh had talked of hearing of some type of troll people or uh, some type of like troll dwarf hybrid but he was uh that was all you know just him kind of relaying hearsay and speculating but um i don't know you know stonehenge didn't didn't just happen something something did that and i i intend to at the very least uh kind of figure out more about what that was so um interesting so as you uh, as you speak and kind of go through some of these stories mm-hmm. uh, i'm i'm kind of feeling like there's a as uh, betty mentioned almost a mystical quality to some of these encounters and locations it may not just be a purely oh well i tapped into a different physical environment or a different habitat uh it almost seems like there's um uh mystical or ethereal uh, kind of a force at play here have you had that kind of experience or that kind of do you get that feeling at all i i have thought about that question so much and i've been exploring for over 10 years uh atlantis was in 2007 so gosh i've been exploring for going on 13 years 14 years and uh i still haven't been able to answer that question because like uh the portal in atlantis it was by uh by the lake i was parked on kind of a soft ground so was it just that you know, there's some soft earth and then a, 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 a tunnel beneath Th- that. I still haven't been able to, I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what, what element of it is just uh, natural that we don't understand if there's a supernatural element at play. It's kind of like um, you go to Orlando, Florida on vacation, right? And you go there mm-hmm. for a week and you mm-hmm. go, you're saying, I'm going to see SeaWorld. I'm going to see Disney World. I'm going to see. Uh, I'm going to see Epcot, Universal Studios, the whole nine. Sure. And the first day you're there, you're like, "Wow, this is amazing." But then by like day three or four, that's just what your life is. And for that, for me, that's kind of the way it's been. Um, I find that I just, I find these places, and then I just get uh, wrapped up in them so quickly that it just becomes becomes my life and it, at that point it's kind of hard to, to sort of decipher what of this is uh like a you know spiritual element at play what of this is just uh you know nature uh what what aspect of this is uh 
is, uh, you know, just something that we can't explain. Um, and like I said, I've been exploring for a long time, and I, I don't know if I can fully answer that. I think it may be even, uh, it might depend on, on, on each individual case. Mm-hmm. Sure. Interesting. I feel like it could be very disorienting as well. You know, like you said, it's very, it helps us understand if you equate it to something like being on vacation, you go somewhere for a week and it's, it's very overwhelming. You know, there's, there's so much to do and you do get lost in it and you forget about the rest of the world around you. And then suddenly an entire week has passed and you have all of these new experiences and it can be very uh, overwhelming to go back to regular life after that. Right. You, you get back home and you say, all right, I'm ready to get in line for uh, for the Hulk. And then you realize, wait a minute, that's not, that's not your reality anymore. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. How how do you open a PF Chang's after what you've experienced? How do you do that? Um, honestly, it's kind of a two way. Well, it's, it's it's a double edged sword because a lot of the supply is frozen, so we've been able to hang on to that through the uh, through the COVID crisis. But yeah. it's finding the right location. It's finding that 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 city, that town, that unincorporated. Uh, area that's saying hey we need a pf chanks and uh that's sure that's yeah. our, that's another conversation yeah. yeah yeah i mean you're you're a modern day uh indiana jones here um you know just just going these different places and um you know i i have to ask you know are, are you gathering samples from these places are you bringing back any sort of souvenirs are, are you rock hounding picking up any rocks or dung samples to bring back you know to, to compare to what is not through these portals well my team uh i mentioned my team for the north yes. dakota project i actually have a contact uh in north dakota who is working on uh, the nation stages of the uh, North Dakota Dinosaur Dung Lab. So we do have some samples stored there uh, currently, and we're working to add more to that. Um, I have a koosh ball and one of those little plastic clackers, you know, from from Atlantis. And that was my first – if I had known, and I, if I could, when I when I get back there, I'll get better stuff. But I was just kind of in the oh my god, you know, yeah. My yeah. So I also got a pennant, but that um, that didn't survive a move uh, a few years right. after that. So, yeah, felt uh, you know. Yeah, you know how that goes. I do. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I do have uh, I, I have an intellectual desire to go back to the the Everglades and and collect. Uh, some specimen from what I saw there, but it's uh, it's a little it's a bridge too far at this point. I need uh, I need some more time before I'm able before I'm ready for that. That's understandable, sure. Um, so you know we talk about this is exciting. It sounds like you're not only um, exploring new places and trying to go back, but you're also broadening your horizons with the with a, a team and uh, research centers and uh, really just trying to, to make your mark. Um, where do you see yourself in, you know, m- maybe another 10 years, um, you know, uh, on your current or even, a, a, you know, an improved trajectory? Wow. That's a hard question to answer. You know, 10 years ago, if you'd asked me that, I would have told you, uh, or maybe 15, I would have said, uh, I don't have to work. My dad owns all the KFCs in yeah. Indiana, except for South Bend and Achilles. So I don't know. I'm going to go to Wimbledon and to, you know, uh, Burma, and then we'll see from there. I don't know. But uh, now I think I think in 10 years we'll have seen the dinosaur. I really do. I think uh, we found Dong up to this point that we can verify in the lab is uh, within 72 hours old. So we're only a few days wow. behind them. So um, wow. I think we're going to find the dinosaur. I would like to expand. You know, really, currently we only have uh, the team and the center uh, in North Dakota. But I'd, I'd love, you know, ideally to, to to spur that into a team in the Everglades, a team in Greece, a team in uh, in North Carolina looking for the the hedgehog, uh, the, like the hedgehog gopher sure. type thing that mm-hmm. I saw. You know, so mm-hmm. that's really uh, – that's a, that's probably the aspirational goal, and just try to hit as many of those check marks 
between uh, between then and now. Uh, we've got a documentary in the works for the North Dakota project. So, uh, you know, hopefully that all lines up like I like I see it happening, and that's mm -hmm. uh, that that would be another you know avenue that we get to pursue but yeah yeah that's i mean a documentary is very exciting so obviously your goal with all these things is really to bring public awareness um but with that comes the um threat of overexposure so where is the line in, in your opinion between um you know possibly you know maybe the ethical standpoints of having people knowing that these things exist and then maybe discouraging them from going to these places to to maybe taint you know that that biome itself um i think you know for me it's uh it's a it's a biome to biome situation you know atlantis is looking for people to find them uh strange as that may seem you know they're they're inaccessible and they have you know one very well hidden and hard to find uh entry point actually exit point but they want people there they've got a tourist-based economy when i went to the bowling alley there were two other people there bowling in like 12 lanes and they both worked for the bowling alley so you see yeah. what i mean um yeah. they need people to be there uh everglades is kind of a different story they really are self uh self-sufficient down there they uh they eat a lot of alligator uh which is very accessible for them uh, they don't need much oxygen, oxygen, so the little uh, the pocket that they have is fine. So it's like uh, for them, we should probably leave them alone. For Atlantis, we need to find them. They need us. Uh, so it's 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 a mm, sure. it just there's no easy way to answer that. Um, I think it's 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 that's why it's important to find these places and kind of assess them and figure out uh, do we leave well enough alone? Do we what, what's the best route forward? Because there's places out there that that really need us and Atlantis is proof of that. Yes, it certainly sounds that way. And, uh, and I think you put it best when you say that it's really a biome to biome kind of decision that there isn't a, a blanket, uh, concern one way or the other that, um, you know, some places, uh, need, uh, our interaction and others may be, uh, uh, would be best off without too much, um, interference past uh scientific discovery well, yeah. oh sorry go ahead well I, when i got to the everglades like the first thing the first thing that they took issue with was that i was chewing big red like they just don't like big red and that was there's no way i could have known that there's no way i could have avoided that there's really no uh way that i can even rationalize it it's just like that's the way it is down there for them uh, was it all gums or just that specific? No, no, it was just time. big red because I also had juicy fruit. And when I when I switched, oh. that's I that kind of diffused the situation. But interesting, you know, okay. that's the thing. It's like there's, um, there's there's just so much unknown. There's so much unknown until until we know it. You know. Of course. Yeah, that's exactly. And then these cultural divides. I mean, yeah, it's you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't have known uh, Big Red over Juicy Fruit, even if, you know, there were signs about cinnamon or, you know, or fruit juiciness. It, it's just not something that's, um, that you can easily discern. Um, so do you uh, you have a documentary coming out? Mm -hmm. uh, have you been doing other kind of um, documentation? Because I think your goal is uh, quite ab admirable, quite noble that, uh, you know, within 10 years or so, you, you're on a good track to see a dinosaur. And so it makes me wonder if you're kind of gearing up for for photographs or video footage or, you know, something of, of that nature to, to record uh, this kind of event. What's, what are your thoughts on that? Um, we're trying to get a Mac. Uh, right now, I just mostly use my phone. Um, mm -hmm. And in the beginning, like I said, this all started out as kind of an unintentional thing. So in the beginning, I was really bad about taking notes. But lately, as we've gotten more focused, um, we always write down like the date and the location of where we oh, are yeah, now, yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the current date for when we're there. And we'll write down things that we see. Uh um, if there's an exam, you know, a, a circumstance where we're able to speak to someone, a lot of times we'll write down uh, either what they said or uh, kind of like a synopsis of the conversation. So we're getting okay. we're getting better about that. That's still a work in progress. Um, but like I said, we're trying to get a Mac, and I think that's going to help out 
a lot. Make a big difference when it comes to content creation. Sure. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of do we have uh, before we take our, our final break here, is Dr. Seymour still with us? I wanted to kind of ask him one more question. Yeah. Yeah. Any advice? Oh, okay. He's still with us. Yeah. Um, you know, before we kind of uh, have our last break and wrap up here, um, for, for Bobby Knife here, venturing into the unknown, is there any advice you might be able to offer him when it comes to these first encounters with something, um, you know, whether it's the hedgehog uh, gopher type of animal or even something like a, a mid to small size dinosaur um, from, your, from a scientific standpoint, what should uh, he perhaps keep in mind? Yeah. As... as- when you're interacting with a, a new animal for the first time, um, it's really hard to, to give advice that is safe across the board. But you just want to you want to make sure that you, you don't seem like a threat to them, and just be really observant. Try to try to keep yourself small. Take good notes of, of what you're seeing, as it sounds like you're really learning to do, and um, just don't get too ambitious um it, it could be something as simple as you said as, as the scent of I, obviously in that regard it wasn't necessarily the scent but maybe it was but like one subtle thing over another one gum over another and and, and these unknown animals that that maybe have been by themselves for so long you want to be introducing yourself um as little by little as possible and, and just learning from each encounter and it sounds like um all of your experiences are going in the right direction. So if you can get that Mac, um, I'm confident we'll, we'll be seeing dinosaurs uh, by 2030. Incidentally, if any of you have a good lead on a Mac, uh, preferably not too expensive, um, talk to me after after this. Oh, we'll, we'll hook you up. Don't worry about it. We, we yeah, we should. Um, we'll have to mention that to our readers, and listeners, and viewers. Uh, you know, they can email when when they email us and write in. That's a perfect segue. It is. Wow. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know, to to call in, write emails if you have a good lead on um, uh, an Apple Macintosh. Yeah, any, uh, any for leads a very at all? Good cause. Preferably yeah. Mac. Um, uh, but we're open to, you know, we're we're open minded. So yeah. Here. You know, Very, yeah, you can it, streamline a lot don't, though. Don't 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 not reach out just because it's not a Mac. Well. Right, just any sort of gear at all. Because we, we forget because yes. we, we talk so often to doctors and experts and scientists. So we, we get in that mindset is that people setting forth on these expeditions already have the gear and the support with them to further their research. You know, we forget that people have to start somewhere and you know, Bobby Knife, talking to you has been very um, eye-opening for me in so many different ways because not only do we have confirmation of these places that you've been, but we also see firsthand what it's like to have the passion and the drive to go out and seek these things with maybe not a lot of gear or equipment or, or a big team. And that's totally cool because, first of all, you have to start somewhere, that- but also it it just shows that anybody can do it. Anybody can go out and find the real true facts. And that is what we are all about here. That, that really means a lot. Um, my that just, my dad never is, he's not supportive of it. So it means a lot for you to say that. Thank yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this, you're, you're, you are an ambassador from our world to the next world. So don't, do not ever forget that. Thank you. Thank you. So I, just, I, I had I had to like lift up a little bit. You know, we had to get a little inspirational here. So yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, no, my, you're, my, you're fine. You're fine. My dad can be really hard sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, you don't succeed that far into business without being difficult. And it doesn't sound like he's, I, you know, I don't want to get all Dr. Phil on everyone, but it right. sounds like he could maybe support this this venture a little bit more. So. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, we, uh, we, I guess we want to say that we appreciate the work we you're, do. you're doing. That really Bobby. means a lot. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Hey, anytime. And and please, you know, to our listeners out there, um, you are welcome to send us any leads. Uh, 
we do have an email address. It is realtruefactsmail at gmail.com. Uh, send us leads on gear. Let's help out Bobby Knife. Let's help him uh, fully realize his dream because we uh, are nothing without action. You know, we can talk all day, but until we support those who are actually out there fighting the good fight, like Bobby, even Dr. Seymour, you know, he's very established in his career, but he's still out there. I mean, he got stung by like a billion cloned bees last week. Um, so there are dangers associated with that. So please email us, realtruefactsmail at gmail.com. You can email us any uh, questions, comments, uh, leads, or or otherwise. Right. And just like, uh, you know, our, our guests and our, our experts, we, uh, you know, we could use the support too. follow us on Instagram. Um, we have an Instagram subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, uh, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, all of your mm-hmm. favorite um, uh, podcast outlets. And what's our Instagram again? Our Instagram is at Real True Facts Graham. And you can see all sorts of different stuff behind our episodes and uh, all the different Real True Facts that we uncover for you, dear listeners. And uh, finally, yeah, we're also on YouTube because I know some folks out there uh, like to to listen to the YouTube on their various devices. Uh, So we've made that uh, an easy option for you as well. Um, So want to make sure you uh, have every available outlet to uh, check out Real True Facts. Yes, very, very easy. So I think we're going to start wrapping up here. Um, You know, we... um, a lot, a lot of emotions happening today, but um, I'm, I'm very, very happy to have had Bobby Knife on the show. Dr. Seymour, always a pleasure as well. Uh, Bobby, any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? Anything uh, coming up that you want people to know about? Um, look out. As soon as we get that Mac, uh, we're going to get a YouTube and uh, all that. So look out for that. And that'll, that'll give us a way to communicate with the public more about how they can how they can help us. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, if any documentary filmmakers are uh, free and available, uh, look me up on Facebook and I'd like to talk. And then uh, just for anybody out there, you know, like I said, I wasn't an explorer until, you know, I accidentally explored and that could be you too. So just, uh, wow. just, just keep that in mind. Wonderful wow, words. Amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing, amazing thought. Inspiring. Uh, thanks did, so much for Did for I talk about out. the Mac? I, I just one more time. You did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. but always good to reiterate, yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Bobby and I, for coming on, uh, laying your experiences, and uh, your great advice for everyone else out there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and thanks again to Dr. Seymour in the, the old science bunker. Yeah. Um, I He... Are you still with us, Dr. Seymour? I know you, you're popping in and out between experiments here. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm still with you. I've been keeping an eye on the bees and everything's going well. So we're. Oh, good. Good. Happy to hear it. Any final thoughts for our listeners before we wrap up today and go into our mailbag? No, just uh, nope. And then I say something. Yeah, as, as you get out and explore, keep your eyes open for, for new experiences. Uh, kind of look out there and always keep looking for the truth because it may not be what you what you see at first, like we always talk about here. Yeah. Wonderfully said. Uh, Let's hop on a quick break here. And when we come back, we will answer your listener questions. We're back from our final break this week on Real True Facts, uh, wrapping things up uh, after an excellent discussion this week about secret biomes with some uh, fantastic guests uh, as usual. Um, So, Betty, what do we have from our special mailbag this week? Nicholas, we have one email today uh, Mm -hmm. from uh, Courtney K. She wrote her whole name here, but I'm just going to say Courtney K because we are all about anonymity being anonymous on the show. Uh, (laughs) So we've got one email from her. Uh, She wants to know if animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Wow. So, wow. I feel like one of those angry animals, you know, like a, you know, the ones with the teeth. Yeah. Like a, like carnivores, like, yeah. Yeah. Like like an angry 
you know, or something or chipmunk. Um, yeah, and cat. You know, it's hard to say because some people just say cats. Yeah. But find some cats to be perfectly fine, and some uh, some to be very rude. So yeah. maybe it would be speciesist of us to answer that question. I, I you know, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. What do you think, Betty? Uh, you know. It- I was just going to start rambling off animals that I thought were rude, but you're absolutely right. It, it is sort of speciesist to uh, assume anything, but I can just talk from experience here because uh, listeners, as you know, any new listeners, we are down in bunkers in various uh, locations in the world. And so we don't really leave those places. So uh, I actually have a, a few animals in the bunker with me. I've got two cats and a dog and uh, they can be incredibly rude. Um, mm, you know, we, sure. it's a proximity thing. So we're always like up in each other's spaces just because we can't leave being underground and whatnot. So uh, they can be kind of rude. I mean, I can be kind of rude too, but uh, uh, also I'm just going to say birds. I think birds are incredibly rude. Um, I had one in the bunker that oh, was a drone. Peacocks. There yeah, it is. Yes. I'll go out and say it. It. Peacocks. peacocks. Just strutting around, yeah. being rude. Thinking they're All better right. than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. If I had to say, I think birds are incredibly rude. Especially ones yeah, that think- aren't real, which we know is all of them. So. Yeah, and uh, we're all in uh, pretty much agreement uh, there. Yeah. Um, so before the break, we kind of did the rundown on our on our social meds and our, our outlets. But again, our email address is. Uh, oh, is uh, realtruefactsmail at gmail dot com. Um, uh, great. Yeah, anyone can ask us anything. As we know from Courtney's question, you can literally ask us anything. Which animals are rude, and we'll probably answer it. Uh, we get tons of emails, so we can't answer all of them at once but uh, we'll, we'll pick we'll, we'll cherry pick the best ones there um, and who knows if we like your question if we can't answer it ourselves maybe we will feature the answer on um, a uh, subsequent episode so you're always able to do that uh, questions comments concerns you can do that through our email or you can follow us again on our Instagram that is at real true facts Graham for more info behind our guests and the show and you can slide to our dms as they say exactly and uh yeah leave us a review or a comment on uh on itunes or spotify or uh stitcher yeah or podbean any one of those any one of those if you like what you hear tell your friends it's super important helps us do our jobs better um our listeners come from all around the world uh so thank you so much for continuing to tune in week after week uh you know this is our 14th show we only got more coming after that so uh you know you you keep the the lights on for us in the bunker so uh, thank you for doing that continue to listen and uh we'll keep bringing you the real true facts yes Yes, we shall. Uh, so thank you again to Bobby Knife for joining us, Explorer Extraordinaire. Uh, hopefully he gets to achieve his goals. Uh, we'll keep in touch with him and we wish him the best of luck. Thank you again to Dr. Seymour for joining us today. Uh, thank you to my co-hosts and thank you to our dear listeners. Because remember, just because you hear about it or read about it doesn't mean it's true. Keep questioning your world around you. We'll see you next time on another episode of Real True Facts.